what an introduction. Thank you, Byron. Very, very cool. Oh, I see Leanne is still here in one piece, not quite two pieces yet. It was almost going to happen and be all go this last week, but she's still here. So I hope you're enjoying your rest. You should um, turn a seat around and let Leanne put her feet up this morning. I think she deserves it. <laughs> very cool. We'll be praying for you, Leanne and Elton as well. But um, in the days to come for what's to come, it's very, very exciting. Very cool. Well, it's an exciting week for our family. We're heading into um, next weekend is Janelle and Matt's wedding, which I know a lot of you are heading down to as well. It's a bit of a Generations Church party as well as a wedding. And um, so we're very excited, but we farewell Janelle from our home on Friday, which was sad. We had a farewell dinner for her the night before, and she's officially a Hamiltonian now, um, living down there. And so she's got a week off and um, work until she starts her new job after her honeymoon. And so she's getting settled down there. So it's very sad for us, but what's our loss is their gain down there in Generations Church Hamilton. And for my mum as well, she's super excited about it. So it's an exciting time. So we're all getting ourselves prompt and all ready for the wedding this week. Taylor's a little flower girl, which is very exciting. So you'll have to look forward to that if you're, you're coming on down. Very cool. Well, I want to pray before we get into the word this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this word that you've placed in my heart today. Lord, I thank you that I am just your vessel here this morning. Lord, and as I've prepared this week and and, um, been diligent and getting into your word and just listening to you and your Holy Spirit and just feeling your leading and feeling what it is that you want um, to say through me. And as Lord, I've put that study time in and been diligent there. Lord, I've done my preparation. But God, in this moment today, right now, Lord, I ask for you, Lord, to, to step in. And Lord, I pray that you use me this morning. Lord, I pray that you use me to speak to your people. Lord, that whatever it is, Lord, that, that you want to speak to them about today, whatever it is that you want to convict them on or challenge them on or spur them on and or encourage them. And Lord, I pray that you use me. Lord, I pray that I'm just the tool here today that it, this message doesn't point to me, but Lord, I pray that it points to you. Lord, that it points your people here today to you. Lord, and what your heart is for them. So I just pray, bless this time. God, I, I feel your presence in this place. Lord, even in worship this morning, God, I felt you here. I feel that like your presence has been here even long before we got here this morning. You've been ready for us. You've been expectant. You've been waiting for us to come. And there's a word that you want to bring to encourage our hearts this morning. So I pray that you do that. I thank you that you're right here, Lord, that you're ministering. Lord, to every single person in this place today, you're going to minister to them in a different way. Lord, there's different needs here. There's different desires. There's different frustrations. And I believe that you're going to minister to every single person in a different way. So God, we're expectant this morning. We're ready to hear your word for us in Jesus' name. Amen. And I've got a bit of a PowerPoint to go up behind me today, and I just want to thank Derek for that. He's a very diligent server back there, not just there, in many different ways on a Sunday morning. So thank you, Derek. He's another one like Matt, actually, which we honored a couple of weeks ago and acknowledged. Derek's another one. He's just a quiet server, diligent server. I know he's fiddling now because he can't. (laughs) Well done, Derek. We really, really appreciate you and all that you do. So may God bless you. (laughs) Byron says he's like him, Um, but no, not quiet, not at all. I must say, you can see I laid the law down this week and he wore a normal shirt to um, church this week. (laughs) instead of the floral one. (laughs) I like to think that I can have that kind of say, but I don't think so. (laughs) So you can't blame me, okay? If he turns up in floral shirts in the future, I'm not to blame. Very good. Well, um, Roman is very excited about this word this morning. Um, He was up at 6 a.m. with me this morning preparing, and he was squealing with excitement as I was reading over my notes. So he's probably sleeping now. He's just like conked out on to now, which is cool. But I'm very expectant as well, and I know that... um, 
that this word that I'm going to bring today is timely, and it's, um, I believe it's going to bless many of you here today. And so it's a message prompted by God, and I feel it's for those that have been in a bit of a frustrated state for a while. And um, in a time of feeling frustrated recently, and it was actually before a Wednesday night church, um, I was upstairs, um, it was like, I think 10 minutes before we were about to start, people hadn't arrived yet, and I was just um, dealing to Rome, and I think I was rocking him to sleep or doing something, because he wasn't very happy, and I just remember just praying, and I'm like, God, there's a few things in my life right now that I just, and for both of us together, for Byron and I, that I was just a bit frustrated about, and things weren't really shifting, they weren't changing, and it'd been like this for a little while, and I was sick of this frustrated feeling. I was like, God, I'm over this. I don't want to feel like this. This is awful, and I want to move on from it, and I just really felt God say to me, just these words simply, and Derek's going to chuck them up. It's just these words, I've got you where you're at. And it's such a simple statement, but I just felt like God said to me, I've got you where you're at. Now, the frustration isn't to do with having another baby. I know I've talked about that before, about God's waiting room, and, you know, you're waiting for this thing to happen, and you're believing for it, and God's promise, and it's not quite happening yet. We're not quite in that stage yet. God's just given us one. Um, so it's not that. But there's just some other frustrations, other things that I just had to clear that up. Um, but just some other things that I was dealing with, and I just felt like God saying, I've got you where you're at. And I feel like that's the prophetic God, that um, word that God wants to bring to you this morning as well, is that I've got you where you're at. He wants to remind you that where you are is where he wants you. He wants to remind you that he defines and directs your life. He wants to remind you that he's got you. And I've titled this message today, God Defines Your Life. And if you think about that word define, it means to make definite, distinct, or clear to determine the boundaries, to characterize or illustrate. So that word define, it means to make definite, distinct or clear, to determine the boundaries, to characterize or illustrate. And that God's the one that does that in our lives. And I feel like for some here today, things have been a bit unclear around your life. You've been feeling a bit shaky, maybe lacking definition, clarity on where you're really supposed to be. And um, maybe it's due to frustration. Um, maybe it's come as a result of some failure. Maybe it's just because the world's spirit has jumped on you and you're just feeling really discontented with basically everything. Um, whatever it might be, I just feel like this is a word from God today. And um, the key scripture that I want to go to is from 1 Corinthians 7, verse 17. And I want to read it from the Message um, Bible version. And it says this, And don't be wishing you were someplace else, or with someone else. I hope you're not wishing you were with someone else. Um, where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God defines your life. And I was just thinking about how many times is it that we wish we were someplace else? And, you know, what are the things in your life right now that are defining your life? And do you have the right perspective? Are you looking at your life from the right perspective? Do you have God's perspective? And I pray today that, if nothing else, that you go away from this place today with those frustrations, those things that you're dealing with, that you go away from here with God's perspective on the matter. And I want to remind you today that God defines your life. He is not a God of confusion and frustration. God is a God of clarity. He clearly knows the plans that he has for you. Although you may not know them, it doesn't mean that God doesn't know what he's doing. God is a God of clarity. He's not confused. He's not frustrated. He clearly knows what he's doing. And for you, for your life, but not just for you, but for the whole of mankind. Like, God is incredible. I can't even figure my life out, yet God 
knows about all of us. He knows where we're headed. He's got it all working together. He knows what he is about. He knows what he wants to achieve. So he is the one who brings definition to your life. He makes all things clear. He determines the boundaries. He determines where you are, how long you're there, where you're headed next. And yes, he gives us free choice. God is a good God. He gives us free choice. He's like, here it is, you know, and, and you choose. He, he doesn't make us. He gives us free choice. But the whole while, he is lovingly leading us, guiding us, and directing us. And he allows these frustrated seasons. But the awesome thing about God is he allows fruitful seasons as well. He allows difficult seasons, and he allows favorable seasons, all to grow us, to lead us, and to shape us and ultimately to achieve his purpose in and through us. And he characterizes and he illustrates our lives because he defines our life. So even though you're feeling like there's some limitations and some boundaries and some things in your life right now and you just feel stuck, God, he's defined your life. He clearly knows where you're headed. There are some boundaries. There are some limitations right now. But it's because God knows where you're headed, where you're going. So I want to remind you today that God has got you where you're at. And I pray that's an encouragement for you. And so this morning, you can just sit back and you can breathe. You're like, okay, I have been frantic. I have been frustrated. I have been stressed. But this morning, I encourage you just to breathe, just to allow God just to step in and just to breathe this morning, just to take a moment to look on your life and to get God's perspective on where you're at. So let's just talk about frustration for a moment. Frustration is having your plans hindered. And we all hate that. Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to talk loud this morning. It is thinking things will be one way when they turn out another, and we all hate that. Or it's experiencing delay after delay while something vitally important appears to be slipping away. And um, I found this online, and these are some lines from Life's Little Book of Frustrations. I don't know if you've ever come across that book, but it's just a whole book of Life's Little Frustrations, just those funny little things that frustrate you. And I was actually getting frustrated reading it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pick a few and then get out of here quick. But anyway, here are some of them. (laughs) You had that pen in your hand just a second ago, and now you can't find it anywhere. That's frustrating, right? So you're laughing because you know. You know. Okay, (laughs) next one. The elevator stops at every floor and no one gets on or off. That's annoying. Okay, you set your alarm for 7 p.m. instead of 7 a.m. That's a common one. (laughs) Byron. Um, (laughs) You have to inform five different salespeople in the same store that you're just looking. Then when you want to buy something, you can't find a single one. Isn't that true? It's typical. Well, you want to buy something, and they're just like taking forever, and you're standing at the counter. Anyway, um, you drop your bread on the floor, butter side down. Yeah, it's a bad day. Um, you don't realize the milk is sour until you pour it on your $5 a box cereal. That's gutting. Um, just when you've got the layout of your supermarket all figured out, they rearrange it. I hate that. I really hate that. Yeah, Leah understands. Leah gets it. Cool. Every time you use an aeroplane bathroom, you hit turbulence. Hey, Byron. (laughs) I hate that one. (laughs) I actually don't go to a lot of the aeroplanes. I hold off. I hate it. Anyway, the last one, the washing instructions on your garment wash away. The life's frustrations. You know, all those little things, they add up. They're frustrating. And why are these things so frustrating, even the the little things? It's because in each situation, something keeps us from having what we want. We all want something, and it's that frustration kicks in when it keeps us from having what we want. 
And so most of us, we can handle these everyday frustrations, hopefully. You can handle those things. Um, and things like maybe your husband forgetting to put the rubbish out on Monday mornings. Um, <laughs> or the kids not picking up after themselves or those kinds of things. We can handle those things generally on a day-to-day um, basis. We can handle that kind of frustration. But when it involves some dream we always hoped and planned for, those kinds of plans being hindered or delayed is the real kind of frustration, the frustration that I'm talking about this morning. And so that's where I found myself that night, just in a frustrated place, and not just that night, for a, bit, for a little season. And um, as I was praying, God so graciously reminded me, I've got you where you're at. And so peace it entered my life again, and I breathed. I took all pressure off myself. I realized afresh that because Jesus is Lord of my life, it's not completely up to me. I felt the sense of urgency to make things happen lift off of me. And I'd been striving, and I felt God really take that pressure off. And I feel like some of you in this place today need a release like that. And I know that God is here this morning, that he's more than ready to to give you a release like that as well, where peace enters your life again, where you're no longer striving. And, you know, sometimes God allows frustration in our lives, and it's to draw certain things out of us or to do certain things in us. But we can't stay in that frustrated place for too long. And when we're always looking over the fence and when we move forward one step, but we really wanted to go forward ten steps, so we're frustrated. Um, When we compare and we compete all the time, and when we're not liking just generally where we're at in life in any area, and we've been like that for a while, these are the things that I want to talk about in a second. These are the things that enter our life. These are the things that are the fruit of frustration. So if you can check those up, Jerick, the fruit of frustration. The first one is doubt. We start asking questions like, am I where God wants me? Have I missed God? That night I was like, God, if I'm disobeying you, if I'm doing something wrong, like, please show me. And I was starting to get ahead of myself in my mind. Um, am I being disobedient to God and this is my consequence? Or we ask questions like, or think maybe God didn't really promise that thing that I'm believing for. Maybe I just made it up. Because if it was God, surely it would have happened by now. And so we start to go over these things over and over and over them in our mind. And some of you probably been thinking these things just this morning. And we start to doubt that we've missed God or we've done something to displease him. And if you're anything like me, you like to read into things. And you let your mind get away on you. And you start to obsess over stuff. And you start to think things that God is thinking about you that God's really not thinking about you at all. He's actually quite well pleased with you. He just wants you to keep on going. And so we obsess over some stuff at times and we pile the pressure on ourselves. We begin to doubt. We begin to ask those questions. The next one is discontentment. And this is an obvious one. But there is such a thing as holy discontent. And I know we've got a book on it at home. I think it's by Bill Hybels, actually, about holy discontent. And that's a good thing. Um, Holy discontent is when there's a holy dissatisfaction in you for more. When, and it's kind of like a holy dissatisfaction is with how things are, and you just feel so motivated to bring change, that you really feel moved to to do something. It's kind of like you can see the need and you want to do something about it, and it it pushes you into prayer, and it pushes you into God, and that's a good thing. But then there's just the same old discontentment that constantly leaves you feeling dissatisfied, resentful, frustrated, annoyed, like all the time. And so you're in that state just all the time. That's discontentment, and that's not a healthy place to be. Um, another fruit of frustration is disorientation. We start to feel, if we stay in this place too long, we start to feel disorientated. We're unsure about where we're at, if we've made the right choices, 
We're unclear about our current reality. We're unclear about our future direction. We ask questions like, where am I going? Am I in the right place? And we get really confused, so we're disorientated. Then there's distance. If you allow frustration in your life for too long, distance will develop between you and God and your relationship with him because your mind is just so taken up with obsessing over your frustration that there's not much room to be thinking about God. And you're in hard pursuit of change, of maybe stuff, or, um, to move forward or for the season to change. And so hard pursuit of that instead of in hard pursuit of God. So distance develops between us and God. And then the last one is another fruit is we start to drag others down because we're not in a, a good place ourselves and we're unhappy with our current reality. We begin to often unknowingly drag others down with our negativity or we begin to pass and point the blame to other people to why we're like we are and why we're stuck and why we're frustrated. We want to pass it to someone else. If we can't put it on God. It's like, okay, where's someone near me that I can put this on? And so we start to drag other people down with us. That's if we stay in the frustrated place for too long. Does anyone relate? Do you relate with these things? Have you experienced these things? Was it just me? No. Very cool. And Matt and <laughs> Paul. Okay. <laughs> but what an awful state to stay in with these things in our life. And <laughs> Paul's oblivious. Um, some of you have been in a frustrated place for way too long, and God's saying to you today, it's enough. I've got you where you're at. How much do you trust him? How much do you really trust him with your life? And do you need to seek out some perspective from God today about your life and about where you're really at? And in the last few weeks, I've been considering this thought, I've got you where you're at. And there's three areas where I feel like God's saying he's got you where you're at. And the first one is your level. (laughs) It's picking up again. So your level. God has you at your level. And this could mean all kinds of things to you. It could be the level you are at in your career. It could be the level you are at financially. It could be the level you are at in ministry. It could be the level you are at in God. And there's all kinds of levels. And often frustration has entered our lives because we want to be on another level, right? We all want to go to another level. And it's a good thing. God's put that in us, that desire to progress, to move forward, to grow. We all want to go to another level. And we don't often like where we're at. And we thought we'd be further on by now. We thought we'd be further on by now. But God wants you, and this is a prophetic word Byron and I got a couple of years ago, and I love this thought, and it just came to mind again as, as I was preparing this word. And I just feel like God's saying to you, he wants you to own your level. He wants you to own your level. He's got you there. He's got you where you're at. And instead of being frustrated there, why not own that level? Why not be the best that you can be at that level? I say, okay, God, you're not going to move me on yet. I want that next thing. But okay, right here, right now, where I'm at, Lord, I'm going to own this level. I'm going to be the best that I can be at this level. I'm going to be the boss at this level. (laughs) I'm going to be the boss. Why not be like that in your life, in whatever area you're at, in your career? Maybe you're frustrated because that promotion hasn't come. Be the best at your level that you can be. Enjoy it and have fun at that level. Why not enjoy it? Because God, he's the one that defines your life. God sets the boundaries. He brings clarity. He'll move you on. He'll lead and he'll guide you in the right time. You've got to trust him. But why, while you're at where you're at, why not enjoy it? Why not be the boss at that level? Why not own your level? God may not have moved you on yet because he sees your life from a different perspective to you. He knows what the next level really involves. You see the glamorous side of that next level. 
But every new level has new sacrifice, new challenges, new areas of growth, and a new capacity is required. So God's preparing you for that. But he wants you to own this level that you're at. He wants you to enjoy this level. The next level is not all glamorous. There's going to be challenges there too. Okay, the second place that God has us is your location. So this might be what country, city, street, home you live in. It might be where you go to church, which is an awesome church. Um, It might be where you work. It might be where you go to school. And some of you have been despising where you're at. But the reason you're there is not about you, but it's about God's plans and his mission. And so dwelling on what we lack or what we would love to change distracts us from service. It distracts us from the mission. When we're so frustrated and just focused on that, it distracts us from mission. It distracts us from the God's perspective. Why has he got you there in your workplace? Why has he got you there in that particular home, in that particular neighborhood? You know, think about it from God's perspective. And this verse, it's been stuck in my head all week. And for me to remember a verse at the moment is like a full-blown miracle. Um, but it just keeps coming back to, to me. And it's not even the full verse. It's only part of it. But it's from Psalm 31, verse 3. And it starts out, Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. And I've just had that going over, over and over in my head. For the sake of your name, lead and guide me. God, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. And that word guide, it means to assist a person to travel through and reach a destination in an unfamiliar area. And I love, I love that God's our leader. I love that he leads us. But I also love that he guides us too. And he, he allows us to learn. He assists us. So he doesn't just lead us, but he actually assists us and he allows us to learn along the way. He assists us to travel through and reach a destination that is unfamiliar to us. And to me, that speaks of him wanting us to learn along the way as he navigates us through the hard things. And the purpose of him being our guide is for the sake of his name. For the sake of his name or for his name's sake refers to God's reputation. It speaks of his character. And so God may have not moved you on yet from your current location because he is more concerned about his mission He's more concerned about his reputation, his character, than your preference. And God, he he really does. He really cares about the desires of your heart. And he so cares about your needs. He so cares about your dreams and the desires that you have to move forward. But what I know about God is that God doesn't align himself with us. We align our hearts with his. And Brian talks about this in terms of prayers, us aligning our hearts with God. It's not like, God, come and do this, God, come and do this, and we can make God do stuff. You know, we don't ask God to align himself with us, but we ask God to help us align our hearts with his. So God has a bigger purpose that we can't quite see, and maybe we don't quite get it yet. Often we don't, but that's where we trust him. And there are some things I know to be true about God. He wants to save the world, the whole world. That's God's plan. He wants to save the whole world. I also know about God, this to be true, is that he loves you and he wants the absolute best for you personally, for your family. I also know that he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to purpose. And I know that he can achieve all of these things all at once. So he can save the world and he can see that you have the absolute best for your life. And you could even be a part of 
helping to save the world with them if you really want to. But God's that big that he can do all of that all at once. You're not going to miss out. God, it might seem like, you might think, well, God's a selfish God. If all he cares about is his reputation and his character. But no, he loves you. He cares about you. He so cares for you. But he also, you know, the glory needs to go to God. God needs to receive all the glory. It's all for his name's sake. And we can be involved in saving the world with him, and God will sort out our life as we go. He'll lead and guide us. But do you really trust him? Do you really believe him? Do you believe that he'll do that for you? you know, where you're at, God's got you there. So stop fighting it. Embrace it. Learn to love your neighborhood, wherever you live. Learn to love your city. And it's a really easy city to love, I tell you that. I'm sure Janelle right now, she's probably struggling. Lord, help me to love Hamilton. <laughs> probably, that's probably her prayer. <laughs> Paul reckons easy. <laughs> um, love the people you currently live with. There you go. That's a word for someone this morning. Love the people you currently live with. God's got you there. <laughs> Don't nudge anyone next to you. And always ask God. <laughs> and always ask God to align your heart with His so that you can see the purpose in every stage, at every level, and in every place you find yourself. Now, the third one needs some explanation because you're going to think at first, wow, God's got me here, but your lack. And let me explain this one for a moment. I don't mean that God wants you to be in lack, but I just want to flick that statement around for a little bit. Where you're at, I've got you. So instead of God saying, I've got you where you're at, where you're at, I've got you. I've got you covered, God is saying to you today. He knows everything that you need at this level. He knows everything you need in your current location. And he knows the areas of lack in your life. And he will provide. He's got you where you're at. Those financial needs you currently have, God's got you. Where you are lacking in faith and confidence, God's got you. Where you are feeling inadequate, where you're feeling uncomfortable, where you're feeling uncertain, God has got you. He's got you covered. Nothing at all, absolutely nothing is a surprise to him. He knew that you would, he knew what you would need at this level. He knew what you would encounter at this level and where you're currently at. And he's pre-sorted it for you. He's pre-sorted it. He's pre-sorted it for you so you can rest in that. But do you believe him? Do you believe him that he is leading your life? Do you believe that he is the one that defines your life? Do you believe that he's the one that's got the absolute best for you, even more than what you could ever dream and hope for? And do you really trust him? And now where I want to head next is I don't want to give you 10 tips to how to get out of where you're at the fastest way possible because you hate it. That's where I do not want to go this morning. (laughs) Or how to learn what you need to learn fast so you can get out quick. I don't want to go there. (laughs) That's frustrating, yes. (laughs) But what I want to remind you about today is that God has got you where you're at. He's got you at your level. He's got you at your location. And he's got you covered in your lack. And just allow that to sink in this morning. Allow that to sink in. I've got you where you're at. It's okay. God's got you where you're at. Allow it to bring peace around your life. And just as I was praying and and thinking on this word, God, and here I am saying I'm not going to give you 10 tips, but I've got four points that I believe that we need to seek out and seek after and to pray pray and ask God to give us in seasons of frustration. And we don't need to strive for these things because that would be, like, not helpful. Um, But we need to ask God, then receive it 
by faith. And so that night that I was praying before Wednesday night church, I was just asking God, and then throughout Wednesday night church, God just continued to speak to me. I was listening to Byron, but he was also speaking to me about different, just dropping different words into my heart. And so I want to share those four things with you before we finish today. And I won't take too much more of your time. But the first one is we need to gain perspective. And I've been talking about this a little bit already today. But we need to ask God to help Ask God to help you see your situation as he sees it. And we need to pray for God to allow, align our heart with his. And I believe that we even need to start our day by aligning our heart with his. Because a lot of stuff happened yesterday. A lot of stuff happened last week that can cloud our judgment. It can make us look at things like from a different perspective, from the wrong perspective. But we need to start our day by aligning our heart with God's. And um, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she says this. She says that the thoughts you think in the first seven minutes of your morning set the mood for the day. And like, if you think, oh, seven minutes, that's not long. But it, it actually is quite a big chunk of time. The first seven minutes in your day. So the thoughts that you think in the first seven minutes of your morning set the mood for that day. What was it that you woke up thinking about this morning? For the first seven minutes, you might think for the first minute on God and say, okay, God, just, you know, good morning, um, come into my day, Lord, I pray you help me today, but then very quickly, maybe your mind went to your financial need or coffee, or, and the lack of coffee, we didn't have coffee in the house this morning, that was disastrous, um, but what does your mind go to first thing in the morning, and for seven minutes, that's a massive chunk of time, that's maybe the length of your shower plus some, or maybe you shower longer than seven minutes, but that's constantly thinking about God, thinking, aligning your heart with his. That's a challenge. But can you maybe like commit to doing that or commit to trying it and saying, God, if that's what sets the mood for my day, well, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to focus on good things. Um, here's an example. We know that David in the Bible, he had his moments. He had a lot of moments. And um, here's an example of David getting some perspective. And this scripture is not on the screen, but it's from Psalm 73, 2-7. I think I've got the reference references there but haven't got them fully written out but it says this and again um it's from the message bible it says i almost lost my footing this is him having a bit of a bad day my feet were slipping and i was almost gone for i envied the proud when i saw them prosper despite their wickedness they seem to live such painless lives their bodies are so healthy and strong they don't have any troubles like other people they're not plagued with problems like everyone else they wear pride like a jeweled necklace and they clothe themselves with cruelty this is it's like, oh, this is full on these fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for and i hope you don't ever get that nasty in your prayers talking about other people but we all have moments like that right Hopefully you don't call people fat cats um, <laughs> that have everything their hearts could wish for. But David was having a bad moment. And this is clearly the message Bible um, taking liberty as well. Um, but then he goes on to say in Psalm 73, 21 to 26, he says this. But then I realized, and this is David getting some perspective. He got some perspective. He's like, blah, 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 those people, they're He's discontented. He was frustrated. But this is him getting some perspective. But then I realized that my heart was bitter. And I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My, ha my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. 
He is mine forever. And I love that, yet I still belong to you. He got some perspective. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. You lead me to a glorious destiny. He got perspective. You see, in our week, we can look on at the lives of other people. We can look on at things that are happening around us. And that dictates how we think and how we feel about ourselves. But we need to align our heart with God's. And we need to get God's perspective about our life and where we're at. You know, your life is not the same as anyone else's. God's got a purpose that's just specific for you, for your marriage, for your family. There's a purpose, but you can't look on, and I'm going to go, I'm going to end on this point this morning, but you can't be comparing yourself to other people. You need to get God's perspective for where you're at. Just this morning, Byron, we were talking about this word and just some different things, and he said to me, you know, frustration and discontentment, it comes when we are measuring the wrong things. Some of you have been measuring the wrong things in your life to determine whether you're doing well, whether you're on the right path. You've been using the wrong things to measure your life. And you need to get God's perspective. No frustration, it can only be placed in perspective as we use God's word. You know, God's word, it's like a spotlight. It spotlights things in our life and shows us where we need to adjust and make change so that we're aligned with him, so that our heart is aligned with him. And so you've got to gather your thoughts. You've got to consider your life. And you've got to think on God and and think on the things that he wants you to think on. And you've got to get perspective because it helps bring clarity and it helps you make sense of it. The word of God does. It helps you make sense of it. And it shows you where you need to adjust your thinking. Okay, the second point is to remain consistent. We need to stay fixed to the path that he has you on. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And I just want to encourage you today that when you're in frustrated situations and in a frustrated state, not to make hurried, rushed decisions, which we have the tendency to do when we're frustrated, but decide that you're going to stick to a path and then stick to it. And when you're frustrated, it's not the best time to make a decision. Get God's perspective, and yes, if he tells you to move, to adjust, to do something different, cool. But don't just make hurried, rushed decisions because you're frustrated with where you're at. And I believe that we need to stop um, flicking from highs to lows, from one thing to the next, from faith to fear. But we need to develop some consistency. Some of you have been doing that even this week, going from highs to lows, from faith to fear. And um, what was the other one? From one thing to the next, just jumping here and there. We don't actually stick at something long enough to see God bless it and to see God work away in our lives and to see some fruit come from it. So I just encourage you to slow down on the inside, to steady your heart, even when things are rushing on the outside. And I believe that this is where the tension comes in, is that God wants his church to forcefully advance. He wants us to forcefully advance. He wants us to move forward. Um, and so we find attention. But we can, be, we can move with speed out here and do stuff for God and be moving with speed with God, but all the while remaining, um, keeping an unhurried spirit on the inside, staying focused and at peace on the inside. So even when stuff is rushed and busy out there, which it often is, always is, is we need to remain unhurried on the inside. We need to stay at peace with God, and we need to teach ourselves to slow down internally. Okay, the third one, just really briefly, is surrender. We need to give ourselves up and we need to yield all that is important to us to the most powerful one. It's like we just go before God and it's like, okay, we surrender. 
It's all yours. You're the most powerful one. You win, God. We give it over to you. You win. And yield it all to him. We need to believe him. We need to trust him. We need to stop working it all out on our own. We need to yield to the best leader and guide we know. You know, to pull out the root of frustration in our lives, we must surrender to him. That's a key. If you're sick of being frustrated, if you're frustrated with being frustrated, then you need to pull out the root of frustration by surrendering to him. Surrender it all. Give it over to him today. The last point, and this is the main one I want to stress, is we need to receive grace. We need to work with him and find our flow. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, if I just take out a little bit in there, there's just a statement from the Message Bible that says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And as I was thinking on this week, this, this week God just started to speak to me and he said, you know, often we can be so busy working for God that we forget to work with him. And when we work with him, he enables us to find a rhythm for our life. And each of us, we have to find our own unforced grace rhythm. And I'm thankful to God like every single day for his grace that enables Byron and I to, to do a variety of different things. You know, we lead a church, we've got a business, we've got like toddlers and I think, God, why did you like bring us into ministry, full-time ministry when we've got two littlies and little kids? It's a challenging time. But I look all around the world and I see other pastors, many pastors that are doing it, but I can't just take what they're doing and apply that to my life and say, okay, now it works. But I've got to find a flow that works for us. Like we've got to find our rhythm with God. And his, his grace, I'm so thankful for this every day, that God's grace covers where we fall short. And God has given us a grace to make all things work. And so we have to remind ourselves to lean into that flow and to guide us away from the things that feel forced until we find the place where we sense his flow. Some of you are trying to force something right now, and it's not like God hasn't graced that for you. It's not a part of his flow for you. There's a place where you can get into, where you can flow with God, where you can feel his grace in and around your life. Now, he is the author of your life, and he knows what flow, what rhythm works best for you. So we each have to find our beat. Brian and I, we're still trying to discover, and we're still learning, and we feel like we're doing that more and more on a day-to-day basis, finding our beat, finding our rhythm, and our flow with God. But you have to do that as well. You can't look at us and say, okay, they're doing it that way. I'm going to do it exactly that way too. But your life is different. And so you have to seek after God, and you just have to say, God, I want your grace. I want your flow in my life. When we allow others' beat to dominate ours, we lose our step and we start competing and striving and life becomes out of sync. So we must trust his leading, his pace, and his timing. So I am learning to embrace this journey one beat at a time and I'm up for the challenge of what lies ahead. And I just pray that I learn to dance with him stronger and better each and every year, that I learn to keep to his beat more and that I learn his ways that I learn how he wants me to flow and how he wants me to to work with him. So today, if you feel under pressure, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling guilty, tired, or just really unsure of how to handle the many aspects of your life right now, know this. This will free you this morning. Know this. There is no perfect way. There's no secret formula. Like no one, absolutely no one on the planet has got it all figured out. Does that free you this morning? That you're not the only one trying to find your way here? God's got you covered this morning. He's got it all figured out. And his grace is available to each of us. And it's available to you. So whatever you do, whatever level you're currently on, 
wherever you are currently located, whatever lack you are experiencing, I encourage you to walk with him and work with him and walk with the beat that he has given to you and enjoy your life. Own this level. Own the level God has you on. Be the boss at that level. That scripture again from 1 Corinthians. And don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God defines your life. God is saying to you today, I've got you where you're at. Since I, a couple of weeks ago, I prayed that prayer and God said to me, I've got you where you're at. Has my level changed? No, no, <laughs> definitely not. But I have my peace back because I know he's got me where I'm at and I'm cool with that because he's obviously got a plan and his plans in the past have always proved out to be way, way, way better than my plans and my purpose. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I just encourage every single person across this room just to close your eyes in this moment. And I just want to minister just to two, group, two groups of people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just in this moment, just tune into God and just say, God, right now, I just, I breathe. I take this moment. I give this moment to you, Lord. I, I ask you to speak into my life. Lord, give me your perspective for my life. You see, right now I could speak into your life, and I'm sure God could speak, speak prophetically to me, and I could speak something into your life. But you can hear from God right here, right now, for your life too. You can hear straight from Him about where you're at. Ask God right now just to give you some perspective on your life. is saying to you today, I've got you where you're at. I've got your lap covered. I've got you at this level. I've got you in this location, whatever that means to you. But he's got you there for a reason. There's a purpose. God's got you today. He's got you where you're at. And I just pray, Lord, that it sinks into the hearts of every believer here today. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as I was preparing this when you can keep your eyes closed and just stay just focusing on God. But I just really felt like God wanted to acknowledge your faithfulness. And I feel like him, him saying to you that I see that you've been faithful. You could have jumped out long ago and you almost wanted to, you almost did, but you didn't, you haven't. And I just want to say to you today that your faithfulness hasn't gone unnoticed to God. That God... Also, he didn't, he didn't call you to be successful. He called you to be faithful. So a lot of that stuff you're burdening yourself with right now, God didn't call you to that. He hasn't called you to be successful. He's called you to be faithful. And he wants to acknowledge your faithfulness today. He sees your faithfulness. He sees that you've stuck it out. You haven't been forgotten. God's pleased with you. Not just pleased, but he is well pleased with you. God, I just pray that that word will encourage hearts here this morning. Those that have been faithful, that have been wondering, that have been even starting to doubt. God, I pray, Lord, strengthen their hearts today. God, I pray for a lift in their spirits. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you cause them to, to set their eyes upon you. Lord, that they gain your perspective on their life today. Lord, that even that they'll gain an eternal perspective, where they've been so caught up in the day-to-day stuff. God, I pray today, Lord, that you just bring a release around your people. God, I pray for freedom. God, I pray for peace today. Lord, for those that have been feeling under pressure, those that have been feeling frustrated, those that have been feeling guilty or tired or just 
really unsure about how to manage their life right now and every, all the aspects of it. God, I thank you, Lord, that your grace is available to them today. Your grace is available to me. And God, I pray that we find our rhythm, that we find our flow in you, Lord, as we just allow you to take the pressures off today. God, in this moment, I just see pressures lifting off right over this auditorium, pressures lifting off your people. Lord, your loved ones, you love these ones. You want the absolute best for them. And God, I just see weights lifting off, the pressure coming off of their lives. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that that frustration will lift. Lord, that they'll leave this place where they've been just so frustrated for such a long time in a certain area. Lord, I pray that that will be lifted. God, that they'll feel your peace, that they will be comfortable knowing that you've got them where they're at and that they'll be at peace in that. In Jesus' name. Bless your people, Lord. And I pray this week, Lord God, that they have a freeing week. Lord, I pray that they feel reassured, that they feel confident about where you have them and for peace to flood their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.